It is an unfortunate fact that the elderly are taken advantage of every day. While the estate planning and government assistance laws are quite complex and ever-changing, how do you keep track of them? Through elder law attorney Michael Cohen. He's there for you to answer any of your planning questions in a way that you and your loved ones will easily understand. Mike has devoted his entire career to dutifully informing and protecting our parents and grandparents, aunts and uncles, anyone in need. Join us now to learn more about estate planning essentials with Michael Cohen and co-host Don Crawford Jr. Here now are Michael and Don. Dallas Estate Planning and Dallas Elder Law Attorney, Michael Cohen and I, the owner of KWM Radio, the blessed owner, Don Crawford Jr., welcome you to another Estate Planning Essentials program, doing nothing but aggressively striving to protect your family, your assets, and you. And I say, hello, Michael Cohen. How are you, sir? Doing fine. How about yourself, Don? I'm doing fine. Thank you. Um, We're getting close to the holidays now, like we said last program and it looks like um, they're not going to go away and creeping up on us quickly and um, I'm not going anywhere. I want to stay home and be safe. How about you? Yeah, I'm staying home as well, but I know that there'll be a lot more people traveling this year than um, than probably a lot more than last year, that's for sure, and assuming that the airlines hire enough people to transport people, but other than that, yeah, I'm staying home. Good. I'm glad to hear it. We're here to protect people when it comes to state planning and government assistance, and we hope you'll protect yourself and yours when you travel, if you travel these upcoming holidays. And um, with the holidays coming up, Michael, you thought it would be extremely important to discuss the basics so that the audience is well-educated on whether they should have a will or a trust. So let's do that today. You know, a, a lot of people think that either you need a will or a trust, and they're not really sure which one. Uh, a lot of people think have the misnomer thinking, well, you have to be wealthy to have a trust. On the other hand, sometimes somebody uh, feels like they need to have a trust and maybe it's better to have a will. And it's not a, you know, one size fits all type thing. You have to look at the different situations uh, before you make a determination of what's really best for you. So uh, it could be a small estate that maybe it's better to have a trust. And sometimes you have a larger estate and it may be better to have a will. And and so it seems a little bit contrary to what most people probably think. Mm -hmm. Um, Some people think, well, I don't need a will or a trust. Uh, They think, well, gee, if I have a beneficiary designation, so let's say you have an IRA or life insurance policy or annuity or even a bank account that says paid on death, uh, a lot of people do not realize that supersedes a will or a trust. So if you even had a will or a trust and you had that beneficiary designation, the contract supersedes the will or the trust. So a lot of people think, oh, my goodness, well, I don't need anything. I don't need uh, any kind of planning. But the problem is that a lot of times things, you know, man plans, God laughs. Uh, the, The idea is that a lot of times bad things happen to the people who your beneficiaries are. Or something may, in other words, let's say you have paid on death to a certain individual. What happens if they died first and you didn't have a will or a trust? Mm-hmm. What happens if the person uh, who your beneficiary is uh, is disabled and not on public benefits? 
oh my goodness, now you lost the public benefits and everything that you could have preserved might be spent down. What happens if the person is getting sued and has credit issues? What happens if the person becomes an addict? What happens if they're having marital problems? And so the problem with uh, just having a beneficiary designation, it doesn't consider all the different problems that happen in life. We didn't think, we don't always think, you know, we think, oh, everybody's going to be fine. The world's going to be perfect. There are no pandemics, are there? Mm -hmm. Well, anyway, so things happen. Things happen. And um, I imagine that a lot of people who seem to be healthy uh, prior to the pandemic uh, unfortunately lost their lives and Mm -hmm. or became, who knows how they may be affected in the future if they did get COVID. So, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I guess the idea of estate planning is planning, planning for the things that could go wrong, not the way things are right now, but what could be the future. And so, first of all, so then you say, well, should I have a will or should I have a trust? Well, it depends. Depends on what your goals are and what the story is, and everybody's facts and situations are different. (laughs) So now I guess I first should explain what a will is versus a trust. For those who don't know, most people know what a will is, and a will is, of course, to, to have the transfer, the title of your assets to whomever it is under the terms and conditions that you desire. It's also the duty of the executor. The executor is the one who's appointed in the will to take care of the bills before there's a distribution uh, to the beneficiary. So with a will, you have to, there's some good and some bad. Um, With a will, the good news is that um, it's generally cheaper to have a will than to have it than to create a trust. Uh, so you say, oh, well, then they might as well just do that, right? Well, not necessarily. Um, sometimes that's good, but sometimes it's not so good. Um, so with a will, you see, because with a trust, you got to, you have to fund the trust. And so when you have, so for example, you have to retitle assets into the name of a trust. Now, when I say a trust, um, I'm talking about generally what most people think is a revocable living trust. But I should tell you that there's all sorts of different types of trust out there. Uh, There's all sorts of different things that, um, particularly if those who are more well-to-do, they may have different types of trust to either uh, protect assets or reduce assets uh, for state tax planning purposes. Uh, There's lots of different things to pass things to different generations. That would get too probably too technical for today's call. I'm going to just kind of keep it a little bit more basic here and, and just consider a revocable living trust uh, because that's what most people think of when they think of a trust, uh, although there are like as many trusts as there are cars in the parking lot outside my building. Uh, so there really is a lot. So, um, so everybody's situation is different. So if you have a will generally, uh, it's generally, you know, cheaper to prepare a will, um, but not necessarily. And the other problem with that is that you have the cost of probate after you die. So if you have a will, um, it's not just preparing of a will, whatever that cost may be, but it's also going to court to be able to 
to prove that the will is good so that the executor has the authority to pay the bills and transfer the assets in accordance with the terms of the will. So you then you have to go through the probate process. And, in, of course, in Texas, just like all states, they have a process under the law as to all the different requirements that you might have. So, for example, uh, under Texas law, if you have a – you have to basically – uh, let all beneficiaries have a copy of the will. Uh, now, so let's say you had 10 different beneficiaries. Well, it may be cheaper to have a trust than to have a will because now you have to give notice to all those different beneficiaries. Right. Uh, uh, if, and, and, of course, a will is only effective when you die. A trust is effective immediately. In other words, if you're disabled, uh, let's say you're mentally disabled, um, well, if you have a will, uh, that, does that affect you at all? No, I mean, will doesn't take place till you die. A trust is effective immediately. So if you're um, uh, concerned about capacity issues, then, 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 of course, if you had a will, then you should at least have a financial power of attorney to handle things if you're disabled, and it should cover all the different situations that you want to have covered, and not all financial powers of attorney are equal either. So now, and and powers of attorney generally are less recognized, not that they should, shouldn't be, as they should be, but um, the are less recognized, it seems, by financial institutions than trust. They always seem to recognize trust, but they're less likely to, I'm not saying that they, that's the way it should be, but a lot of times they, uh, some of the different financial institutions, let's say uh, um, some of the, ma- the ones that are, let's say, national, uh, that you might recognize the names and not to say the names. A lot of times they have their own power of attorney and they want that power of attorney to be recognized and what happens if you lie lack capacity and you hadn't signed that, do you have to go through guardianship? See, with the trust, you avoid uh, those type of issues, and so sometimes it's better to have a trust. So the wills but, make the individual or the heirs more vulnerable and versus a trust that's more ironclad? Well, not necessarily. Mm-hmm. A, a, a will, if you have a will, since it's only effective upon death, what happens if you just become mentally disabled during your lifetime. Yeah. Well, then that will doesn't do anything. Yeah. Whereas if a trust, it's effective immediately. So if you're disabled, who let's say you're the trustee of your own trust, uh, if you're disabled as determined under the terms of the trust, then you have an alternate trustee. Okay. And you don't you don't miss a beat. And and if whereas if you didn't have a power of attorney with the will, which is a separate document, then uh, then you'd have to go to court to seek guardianship. And the courts are going to tell you, uh, okay, you want to sell that home? You have to get our authority. Oh, we'll have to have another attorney involved to uh, make sure that you lack capacity uh, and, you know, that type of thing. So uh, if you have to have an annual accounting, a lot of different things. So it could be that uh, at, the, at the very, very, very least, the lesson there is you should have a financial power of attorney. But sometimes some places like, let's say, uh, they think, oh, gee, your power of attorney, that's too old. Uh, so they could have more excuse. Oh, that's a really old power of attorney. Uh, we need something more current. 
So let's say you have a title company and you want to sell your property, and it was a 1990 uh, power of attorney. Well, it depends upon underwriting at the title company. Will they think that that's still good if that power of attorney is 30 years old? Mm. If it's 30 years old, I'm sure a lot of times the agents may have changed as well. And then you might can say, oh, my goodness. So in some states, they even say this power of attorney is only good for a certain duration. In Texas, we don't have that. But on the other hand, will a title company, for example, be willing, will underwriting be willing to take the risk of you lack mental capacity that that 30-year-old power of attorney is still good? And that's up to them whether they feel like it's worth the risk or not. So um, so, so that gets into... Well, if, if that's a concern, then maybe I should have a trust. Right. On the other hand, uh, the trust is uh, generally more expensive to prepare because you got to retitle the assets. So let's say you have that piece of real estate. You're going to have to do a deed into the trust. You have to do a deed, or if you have more than one piece of property, you're going to have to deed those properties into the trust. On the other hand... Uh, the let's say you had properties in two states. Well, if you had a will, then you may have to not only probate the will in Texas, if you're in Texas, but in that other state, you may have to have what's called ancillary probate, hmm. which means you have to get approved in that other state. Goodness. So if you have property in another state, then it might be better to have a trust. Yeah. So, it, so a lot of times it varies from situation to situation. Let's say you had a disabled spouse, a disabled spouse, and you were going to get them on Medicaid, uh, public benefits. In other words, you didn't have adequate long-term care insurance, uh, and you wanted to preserve resources for the benefit of your disabled spouse and then pass things on to the next generation or whomever you desire. So uh, we've talked about this on prior shows, I believe. So a, a situation that came up, this week in my office is a, and it happens all the time, dad is about to die. Mom may live for a long time, and she already has some diminished capacity. So for Medicaid, you could only have a very limited amount of resources. Uh, besides a home and a car, there are some things that do not count. You can only have a couple thousand dollars if you're single. But there's no what we call transfer penalty. For Medicaid, there's a five-year look-back period. But there are certain exceptions to the rules. Transfers between spouses is an exception. So let's say that mom uh, lacks mental capacity, and if without dad being at home, she's going to have to go into a nursing home and need care at home. And she doesn't have long-term care insurance, and her income is inadequate. Well, with a will... You could have what's called a special needs or supplemental needs trust in the will, so, uh, which says everything goes to mom, from husband to wife, in other words, but it goes to mom, wife in a trust that doesn't count for Medicaid. Well, there's no transfer penalty between spouses. So let's say there was $300,000 worth of assets, and mom transfers, partitions her assets to dad as his sole and separate property. No transfer penalty for Medicaid because they look at the assets of both the husband and wife. Okay, so now dad dies. Well, if they had an I love you will, everything to each other, then that 300000 would have to be spent to $2,000. But if that was his sole and separate property and went to mom in a special needs trust, then it wouldn't count as an asset. The government would help pay for the cost of care, 
and then it could go to the children to the extent that when when that trust wasn't used after mom dies. So in that case, a will would be better than a trust. Oh, you can't have under the Medicaid rules. You cannot have your um, uh, go, your assets go into a special needs trust for a spouse uh, under a, in a trust. Hmm. You can a will. So 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 in that case, it may be better to have a will. On the other hand, you say, well, gee, if you have a smaller amount of assets, shouldn't I always have a will? Well, I, I'll tell you a story, uh, another story that happened this week. We had done a lady bird deed, an enhanced life estate deed, where it says my, my home, and that's the only asset that I have, goes to my three children. But unfortunately, one of the three children has now become disabled. Remember, just like we said at the very beginning of the show, bad things sometimes happen. And so when you just have a beneficiary designation, uh, or in this case, a beneficiary upon death uh, of the parent uh, where the home goes to the child, the child has since become disabled and on in public benefits. And if they inherit that property, they may have too much assets. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's the only thing. And you say, well, gee, I think it's always better to have a simple will. Well... Let's say we want to retain that public benefit for the disabled child. We want them to get their one-third share. Well, we could do that lady bird deed, change that lady bird deed, and say a trust is the beneficiary, and in the trust, that one-third interest would go into a special needs trust for the benefit of the disabled child, so they still uh, would have the protection for the child. And why was the reason, you might say, what was the reason for the lady bird deed, the enhanced life estate deed or Medicaid, uh, the state goes after things that go by a will. And so if you uh, have it go by deed at death uh, instead of it by will at death, then it avoids a successful claim by the government to recoup any benefits advanced for that person who was on Medicaid. Well, you see, it gets kind of complicated and everybody's situation is different. and, And so it's not it's not a right or wrong. And so we'll talk about a few more things, uh, I guess, in the second half of the show. But the the idea is it's not it's not just cookie cutter here. You have to look at everybody's individual situation. Excellent. And that is the bottom line. Um, I live my life knowing that everything is case by case. Everything is different. And you have to tailor a plan according to your needs and circumstances. And um, because of that, um, everyone's will vary, and that is why you need to attend Michael's next workshop to determine exactly what you might need for your particular plan. And at that workshop, which is uh, on Tuesday, November the 9th at 1 o'clock, you're able to ask a particular question about your planning or government assistance, and Michael will wisely answer that to the best of his knowledge. He'll even say, I don't know, and I will find out if he doesn't know the answer, but Nine out of ten times he does know, and that will help guide and direct you as to what you should do in the future, which we think would be to attend a vision meeting with Michael, which is a private one-on-one meeting to address your particular needs. But, Michael, that workshop that's coming up on Tuesday, um, what exactly uh, goes on at those workshops? We ask people what they want to know. It could be on wills or trust or powers of attorney. It could be on public benefits like Medicaid. It could be on anything. It could be about, let's say, whether there's going to be new changes in the law 
because of what's going on in Congress. It could be any number of things. It could be about veterans benefits. It could be about all the different types of Medicaid benefits because there's 109 Medicaid programs, each with their own rules. We don't know what people will ask. Uh, that's what makes each workshop different and unique. And actually what ends up happening is usually you, the participant, uh, ends up learning something and some questions that you never probably even thought about that may be of interest to you in your own particular situation. But even And we ask people, what do you want to know? When he, we, during the two-hour free estate planning essentials workshop, we proceed to answer those questions. There will be a presentation as well to go over basics, kind of like what we're doing a little bit today. Uh, but we'll go over the basics, and then we get into all your specific questions and answer those different things as well. Uh, if you don't, if your question needs to go into further depth, like you just mentioned, we also, only for those people who go to the free uh, two-hour estate uh, planning essentials workshops, we also give them the option to have a one-hour vision meeting where I can meet with you one-on-one, as you say, for an hour and look at your own situation to make sure that everything is tailored the way you want to make sure that the issues are, uh, are brought forth so that you will understand the differences. Just like today, we're talking about, well, in this situation, it's better to do this way. In this situation, it's better to do this way. We could do it this way or this way and what fits you the best and make sure whatever your options may be. So a lot of times people just, you know, most people think about things just the way they are right now. Uh, in my world, we think about all these bad things, just like the situation we just talked about just a second ago with the person had that deed, but then something bad happened to one of the three children. Well, so you have to consider, is that something that you wanted to do up front or not? Okay. And then a lot of people make a decision. If they make the wrong decision, sometimes you can change those decisions. So uh, in any event, we go over those different options and uh, to attend that free estate planning essentials workshop, all you have to do is call 214-720-0102, 214-720-0102, or sign up online at DallasElderLawyer.com, DallasElderLawyer.com. And, you know, this will be on, on Zoom very easy. Give you a little tutorial if you haven't done that before, but all you do is hit click and then from either your phone or, uh, or from your laptop, you can participate. So this is a virtual workshop um, for the time being. We do hope to get them back in person in the near future. I do appreciate that, Michael Cohen, all that you've said so far today. I've got um, one remark for you, and that is, I don't know which one probably drives you crazier. The one where your potential clients or our listeners will simply say to themselves, oh, I don't need that to do that. That'll never happen to me. Or they say, well, I need to be safe, so I'll make sure I have something in place and I'll do it myself. Which one drives you crazier? You know, that's it's kind of like, I, I don't know because <laughs> both of them are awful. It's right. saying, you know, it, it, you know. He who fails to plan, you know, they take a big risk, and I, and then they try to do it themselves. Well, I don't know. You know let's say you had, uh, let's say you had, um, oh, you needed bypass surgery. Would you decide to go ahead and do that on yourself? Even if you had to, to let's say you had, uh, uh, oh, I don't know, 
uh, a broken bone, you're going to try to fix it yourself. There's a reason for a lot of these different things. We kind of pointed out a few different things just this morning already uh, uh, that have have gone over different different choices, and you just probably don't know what those problems might be, and you at least should go into any business decision making an educated decision. And quite frankly, uh, you can read up a lot online, and that's that's great. But still, you're just not going to know a lot of the nuances. Uh, you know, it could be that, you know, uh, sometimes you say, well, gee, uh, I, I, what's the problem with the will? Well, it may not be a problem. What if do you care about privacy? If you care about privacy, you're concerned that somebody's going to be looking at your will, well, then you might have a, a, a trust. If you're concerned about a will contest, well, simpler to have um, – uh, trust is harder to contest uh, if you want more efficiency. If you have a business uh, that's, uh, that you want to pass and not let, miss a beat, then you might have a trust. But on the other hand, let's say you have a PLLC, and sometimes you can't put a membership interest, uh, uh, if you're a professional, into a trust because of, of the law. Uh, on the other hand, we just said earlier that you can't have a special needs trust in a trust for a uh, somebody who seeks Medicaid, uh, you know, so it, it, are you going to know all these different things? I don't know. I mean, you, you may, but the likelihood is just like I don't know how to, you know, be a doctor without training. Um, you know, there's a reason for licensing, uh, and a lot of people think, you know, oh, uh, you know, it's very simple. We'll just use uh, a will uh, online. This is life and death insurance. And if you don't do something, it may come back to haunt you, either while you're alive or after you pass away. And if you do something and do it yourself, that also could come back to haunt you. Uh, Michael is there to protect you. The way to do that is to attend his next workshop, which is Tuesday, November the 9th at 1 o'clock. It's via Zoom, and it's online, and you never have to leave your home to attend. Dial 214-720-0102, 0102 or go to Dallas, elderlawyer.com, Dallas, elderlawyer.com. Michael Cohen, we thank you for your time today, sir. Thank you, John. The leading estate planner practicing law for decades in Dallas, Texas, Michael Cohen is ready to educate you about the Texas and federal laws. The next step to that end is to attend his next workshop by going to his website, which is DallasElderLawyer.com. That's DallasElderLawyer.com and sign up for that free estate planning essentials workshop. Or you can also call him by dialing 214-720-0102. That's 214-720-0102. A talk show host on KAAM for eight years now, Michael Cohen is the person you want to evaluate what could currently be a rather insufficient estate plan. Make certain that is not the case and that it is created and completed your way by signing up for his next free workshop today.